What would uh, what would have happened if you'd grown up and you'd supported Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, I'd have been I'd have been chucked out on the streets. I mean, <laughs> my, my, my my dad's in. Welcome to the Tim Pot FC podcast. I'm Ed Kirk. I'm Ollie Brockett. And I'm Kim Onslow. Welcome to the show. If you're new here, let us catch you up. Each week we invite a fan from each football team within the English football pyramid. Where we find out their favourite memories with their club. And even question them in an effort to uncover the most Tim Pot fans across the country. This is the Tim Pot FC podcast and it's live! Welcome to the Tim Pot FC podcast. Today we are talking about one of the biggest clubs in Yorkshire, Sheffield United. And today's guest is Zach. Welcome, Zach. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me on, mate. No worries. How have you been with the international break? How's it? How's, how have you been coping? Yeah, not bad. I mean, we've just did a bit of form going into international break, so I'd have just wanted to uh, get that. I'll get towards that playoff place, but uh, I suppose it gives us a chance to get a few players back from injury. Yes, yeah, indeed, yeah. And uh, as always, we are joined by Ollie at the moment. Um, other host, Kim, is, is having a few technical issues, but as soon as he's he's available, he'll, he'll join. So uh, how are you, Ollie? Uh, not too bad. Uh, just... Uh been diagnosed with some COVID, so just having my cups of tea, isn't it? Yeah, just, <laughs> just the recovery, real recovery at the moment. Yeah, at least you've got football not, this weekend, though. At least, at least the football's back on this weekend. That's no, finally so back. Least, yeah, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of those international breaks, but yeah. you know, it is yeah, what it well, is. As a Liverpool fan, what did you make of the uh, Salah and Mane situation? Don't know what to say. I think the penalty thing was a bit bizarre. Uh, yeah. I'm, I presume that will be looked into by the uh, by FIFA. Um, just to look forward to seeing what they do about it. It's a bit of a yeah. strange one because it's it's not the first time light lasers have been used to distract players on the penalty spot. Yeah, it's just I, I, when I saw it, I, I genuinely didn't even think it was real. I thought someone like had photoshopped it. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Look like some show lights. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, but we are here today to talk about Sheffield United. So, Zach, we'll get on with uh, the interview. First of all, how come come you support Sheffield United? Is it a family thing? Is it the club you grew up supporting in your city? How come you support United? Yeah, it's just uh, my dad used to support your dad's team and and, uh, I'm no different. Um, Yeah, as far back as I can remember, all, all, all of my family United fans. Uh, what would uh, what would have happened if you'd grown up and you'd supported Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, I'd have been I'd have been chucked out on the streets. I mean, <laughs> my, my my dad's uncle um, used to run a news agency in Sheffield, and he used to have a little flat above this news agency that he used to rent out. And when Daly and Atkinson come to play for Wednesday in the late eighties, he only come for a season, but. Um, he rented my uncle's flat for that season that he were there. So my uncle weren't very popular. How housing a Wednesday fan for a season? <laughs> Is it really that like that intense of a rivalry in the city? Oh, we don't like each other. It's uh, it, it is hatred. Yeah. Yeah, because um, <laughs> it's been a while since the two teams have played each other. When was like the last time? Last time uh, there was the derby. It was 2019 when we last played him, nil-nil at Hillsborough. Nil-nil. Oh, I think, you know what? I think I actually remember watching that and I just thought, 
this is real boring. <laughs> for yeah, a derby, it, this it, is it, real. It's just one of them games where you just want to get it over and done with because you don't want to get hammered because you'll get battered by your mates and and Wednesday fans for the next two, three, four weeks, however long. Yeah, is it the one game you're always looking at whenever whenever you're in the same division? The one game when the fixtures are released, you're looking at like when are we playing? I mean, Wednesday? I mean, you, you look at it, but but I, I just want to get them over and done with as soon as possible. I just think they're horrible, horrible games because you just you just don't want to get beat. You just desperate, you know you don't even want to win that much. You just don't want to get beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What about the same with Leeds? Is it that kind of rivalry with Leeds where you're like, I don't want to lose to them, or is it not not as bad as Wednesday, really? I don't think it's as bad as Wednesday. I think most of the stuff from Leeds comes with when we were both neck and neck for automatic promotion in like I think it was some something silly like 1990s or something like that, and and we were both neck and and we won automatic promotion and. Yeah. It was same again a couple of years ago under Wilder and, and Bielsa. So I think that's where the more intense rivalry comes from between United and Leeds and that sort of promotion battle in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long have you been going to the game then? How long have you had a season ticket for United? Um, so my dad's a big horse racing fan. So when there's a big horse racing meeting on, he used to give his season ticket to me and his mate would take me to match with him. So yeah. I, I would go in, I would start going when I was about four or five years old with, with my dad's mate. And then eventually I just started badgering my mum and dad because I wanted to go all the time. I, I, I didn't just want to go when my dad weren't going. So uh, I think for my sixth birthday, they got me a half season ticket. And oh, yeah. um, and, and, and then I've, I've, I've had a season ticket ever since then. So, so, so quite young, really. What was the uh, first game you remember going to? Uh, I remember a game where we beat Gillingham one 0 at Bramall Lane, and it was probably probably the most boring game ever. But um, <laughs> my first my first real exciting memory were um, not long after I got my half season ticket, and uh, we played Wolves and we and we beat them three one, and we were losing one 0 at half time. And I'm thinking, oh, this is this is not really that clever. This and then second half we come out and atmosphere unbelievable, and we we scored three unbelievable goals and won three one, and it were it was just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you go to the away games, don't you? You go to yeah, yeah. What is the best away ground you've ever visited? Um, I think can I say you can answer this. Oh, sorry, you can answer this in two ways: best stadium and best away match. Uh, best away match, I probably say would be West Brom when we um under Wilder we won one nil, and it's probably. It were an R5 kickoff, and it's probably the most drunk away end I've ever been in. It was just full of two and a half thousand United fans that had been on it since about half nine in the morning. It was just, it was just ridiculous, and it was, yeah. it was unbelievable atmosphere and a proper smash and grab because we were under cosh for a lot of that game, and we, we somehow won it one nil, and it was brilliant. Uh, so that had been my one of my favourite away games in in sort of last few years. Uh, mm. My favourite away ground. Uh, I, I spoke to you about this the other week. It would, it would have been. It would have been Millwall. Uh, yeah. I, I just love. I, I love the sort of the intimidation of it all. I just, I just think it's one of them grounds where no one really wants to go, but I just love that sort of. I love that they create that intimidating atmosphere, and I love that yeah. there's that reputation that teams are frightened to come. I don't think it's as bad in terms of like sort of Green Street football violence as it <laughs> used to be sort of ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah. But there's, there's still that little bit where you go and you think, oh, it did, this could be a bit nasty today. And, it feels and, and uncomfortable. I quite like that. Exactly, yeah. exactly that, yeah. Yeah, um, when you're in the Prem last, well, what was it now, like a year ago, two years ago, 
Um, do you notice a difference in atmosphere from the Prem grounds to the Championship grounds? Um, I noticed it more so when we uh, we played Spurs and we we drew one one and 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 obviously it would it was soon after they'd opened that new stadium and, and the atmosphere was just so flat. I don't get me wrong, they'd sold it out and they packed it out and it were you know it were it were it's a brilliant ground, but it's just you, you, I don't get the feeling that. I get the feeling that the sort of the Premier League fan base is now turning into more tourist fan bases, and that you're yeah. sort of getting people that are coming to Spurs or Man United or Liverpool or whatever just for a day out. Whereas when you go to grounds like I went to Luton at start of the season, and it, you know to get to away end, it, you've got to go through someone's back garden. And, yeah. and it's a proper atmosphere, and but I didn't get the feeling that there were too many of them when we were in Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um... No one's no one's travelling far and wide to go to uh, Luton, Luton away. Just <laughs> <laughs> go to Kenilworth Road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're 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 about to go. They're they're in the um, fight for the prem next season. That'll be unbelievable. Yeah, perfect, yeah. <laughs> that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Surely yeah, they um, can't be allowed in the Premier League with that. <laughs> <laughs> what what can the they do though? Overreaches that some people's back garden. So. <laughs> that would be brilliant though that would be brilliant um, yeah um, and final sort of quick fire question What? who is your all time favourite player you've ever you've ever watched I think it'd be Billy Sharp I think that's easy I mean even, even if you take away all the goals he scored for us and, and over three three as he scored, United fans care about it. It's a it's a lad that's come through academy, grew up on a on a on a council estate, and he, and, and you can see how much it means to him every time he scores. He just wants to celebrate in front of cop, and <laughs> I just think United fans love it all like that, and, and I'm no different. Yeah, uh, is he? I'm guessing he's probably not the most technically gifted player you you've watched. Who who, who would you say that would be for United? I. I think David Brooks. When I mean, he, he only played sort of a handful of senior games for us before, before we decided yeah. to sell him to Bournemouth for peanuts again. But um, yeah. <laughs> he, he 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 was just unbelievable. Like the way he carries a the way he carries a ball, it, it, it is like having like he's glued it to his feet. It were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah special player. Yeah, um, and well, I guess we'll get into the sort of more harder questions at the moment. Sort of. See, we see what the fan base think of the the club at the moment. The first question we have written down here is about the manager Paul Heckenbottom. What do you make of him as a manager? And if he manages to get you up to the prem, would you stick with him? Um, I think the first thing I'd say about Heckenbottom is that he's a smart, he's a smart guy because he come in and he recognised that over five years Chris Wildwood built. Sheffield United to play three five two. He'd recruit a players to play a specific position in that in that uh, formation, and that Jukanovic when he came in tried to change that, but Hickenbottom recognised. Look, let's you know it's it's not broke. Let's just go again. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you've you've got to respect him for sort of saying for for basically taking on board what United fans said at the start of the season. You know, a lot of the criticism labelled at Jukanovic was that. You're not playing to this squad's strengths. Well, Hickenbottom did that straight away, right from the first game. 
Um, if he if if he were to get us up into the Premier League, I mean, you can't you can't get you can't ask him to get promotion and then sack him. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I stick with him. The, the, the sort of the, the the concern would be that his his track record with um, Hibernian and Leeds is 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 quite awful, really. Um, so I, I would I would be concerned when he comes up against the big boys. I'm not so sure how many how much financial support he's going to get in the summer to strengthen whether in the Championship or Premier League. Um, so I, I would be concerned in that regard, but um, he, he obviously knows the academy really well from when he managed the academy for two years. So I'm hopeful that he can, instead of, I, I, like I said, I don't think we're going to get much to spend. So I'm hopeful that he's going to bring through a lot of them, that that sort of young under, under 23s, under 18s group. Yeah, do you, do you think Ikanovic was given enough time or do you think they just sort of made that appointment, realised it's not working and gave it to someone who knew the club? Um, I think the Ikanovic appointment would have worked if we'd have given him basically a blank check in the summer and said, go and get whatever players you want, obviously within reason. But yeah. the fact that we sort of, like I said, this squad's been built for five years. You know, there's, there's players playing now that, that were still playing when Chris Wilder first took over. So they, they used to play in a certain way and they've been signed to play a certain way. So to then have a manager come in and after five years ask these same players, look, we're going to play this way, um, I, I would have thought that it would have needed um, sort of a blank check within reason to go and to go and bring in the players that he wants to suit his system. But he, he weren't given that time and we didn't really have that time. You know, we, we were sort of dangerously looming over that relegation zone. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it was a bit of a difficult one because he did he kind of came in after one of the most sort of successful managers in United's modern history. Yeah. Um. If if you go up and say they or, or even if they don't come up, is Heckenbottom a long term choice for you? And if not, who would, in an ideal world, you, you'd like to see come in as, as that manager? I think under this ownership of the he, he sort of the, the owner doesn't appear to want to spend much money anymore. I think Heckingbottom is absolutely the right man because, like I said, he knows that academy you know like the back of his hand and um, we, you know we seem to have got a really good academy coming through at the minute. So I think that under this ownership, Heckingbottom would be the right man. Um, I think if, if if it were sort of a different ownership, I think you know the honest answer would be bring Chris Wilder back. But yeah. um, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Mm. So un- under this owner, yeah, I think Ekin Bottoms the right man. What was it, what was it about when Wilder returned a few weeks ago? Was there like a little bit of a uh, yeah, tear rolling? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I mean, it were a bit strange because obviously, you know, United fans didn't really get a chance to say sort of goodbye to him in a way because we're all you know, lockdown and what have you, and everything were behind closed doors. So it were a bit weird that after sort of, uh, you know, I think it was exactly a year when he came back that he'd, that he'd, that he'd left the job. Um, yeah. It was sort of weird to then have to sort of say goodbye a year later sort of thing when you know, I think some fans and most fans had already moved on from it all. But, um, yeah, yeah it, it, it were weird and it was, it was sort of sad in a way. Uh, but obviously I'm glad that we give him a good battering and sent him <laughs> yeah. back to Middlesbrough. Yeah, probably probably the way he wanted his return to go with uh, United taking all three points. <laughs> I'm gonna say um, he'd have been he'd have been in dressing room celebrating with Billy Sharp. After yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you touched on it a few minutes ago about the recruitment and the spending of of the owner. I have here some of the 
sort of top signings the club has made recently. You've got Brewster for 23 million, Burge for 20 million, McBurney 17 million, least me say 9 million. Oh, I think we can agree, not the greatest recruitment. Do you think that was Wilder's downfall? And what do you think the fans around you and the fans you know of United make of make of their recruitment of for you know last few years? I think the criticism was would have been that um we didn't shop more abroad. I think they sort of we we we'd, we'd sort of restricted our pool of players to top end championship. And I think the criticism is that we should have looked maybe into more foreign countries and sort of tried to pluck gems from from sort of further afield. But um I, I would I would argue that sort of the way in which our, our wage structure is because a, a large portion of the players that come up to the Premier League were, were sort of from the League One days. So our wage structure, you know, it was one of the low, lowest in the Championship and it were only uh, beat by Norwich in the Premier League in terms of, of, of a low wage structure. So we yeah. couldn't really sign players that were sort of established Premier League players. We had to sign the sort of top-end Championship and hope that they'd adapt. Um, I think... Wilder's recruitment now doesn't look brilliant, but I think in maybe two, three, four seasons' time, I think we'll look back on it very differently. You know, you look at, you mentioned Brewster, hasn't started well, but before his injury, you know, it, it, it was scoring regular goals. Burge yeah. is looking a much better player now. Moose is the one I'd probably write off and say that was just a complete disaster. But then again, he did score six or seven goals to keep us up in the first season in Premier League. So you could argue he paid some of that back. Um, mm. You know, you look at... Uh, Ramsdale, for example, bought for 18 and sold to Arsenal for, what were it, 25, 30 million? 25, um, yeah. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, I think that whilst it doesn't look great now, I think it'll look a lot better in two, three years' time. And I think then players will have decent enough careers. Yeah. Yeah. What's the fan base's opinion of the owner? Like When you go and talk to other fans, what is there a general feeling around the club of this owner? Uh, I think it's generally negative. I think I think it was generally negative even before the Wilder sacking or leaving or, or however you want to dress it up. Yeah. Um, I think he, he's sort of, he's obsessed with this sort of idea of building a portfolio of clubs. So sort of like the City group have got where it's like Man City, Melbourne City, New York City, and they've got a club in Spain, I believe. Yeah. He's bought a, a, a second division club in France, a second division club in India, uh, same in Belgium. He's trying to build this idea that uh, we can all sort of like trade players off with each other sort of thing. So, <laughs> for example, we bought three players last season and sent them all straight on loan to a team in Belgium. So I think that a lot of United fans are, are quite negative about that because we've not spent any money this season either in, in the summer or uh, in January it was all loans and free transfers so I think a lot of fans are questioning well you're using all the money that we generated from being in the Premier League parachute payments TV money etc and you're spending it on these other clubs around the world that you know we, we've got no interest in so I think he's, he's not really helped himself and I, and I and imagine if you did a sort of flash poll I'd imagine that a large majority of United fans would, would probably want him gone do you think they'll ever make um, make a stand? Like, you know, United fans were outside Old Trafford last season with the Super League. Do you ever imagine it getting to a point where United fans will be protest, protesting this ownership or just going to ride it out? 
I, I, I could have, I think if we weren't in lockdown and stuff last year, I could have seen it happening then when we were sort of bottom of the league, Wilder had gone and it was all pretty doom and gloom. And I think we got beat 5-0 by Leicester on that same weekend. Okay, yeah. I, could have, I could have seen it then. Um, I think if we don't go up this season, I think we've got real problems next year uh, yeah. because, you know, people like Gibbs White, they won't be coming back to his own loan next year and we'll likely have to sort of sell a, a fair few of his better players, Burge, Egan, to, to just to sort of stay afloat and balance the books. And then, then I can envisage us struggling a little bit then. So I can see I can see something like that happening this time next year if um, if we've not managed to grow up or if we've not sort of stabilised. Um, but hmm. uh, I think if it were going to happen, I think it would have happened last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, what... Uh, what what would you make? What would realistically? What would be a good season this year for for United? Is it you have to get back to the Prem, or is it just make a good account, maybe get into the playoffs? What is a good season for United now? I think if you'd have asked this question in November when we sat Jukanovic and we were in in look like we we're in a bit of bother, I think we'd have just said stabilize and 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 and, and push again next year, but. I think that now that we're in the playoff mix and, and you know, I think we're most bookmakers' favourites to go up after Bournemouth and Fulham. So I, I would have thought that uh, now that we're in the playoff mix, we we, we should probably be kicking on. But if, if, if we don't go up this year, my big fear is, is that we lose a lot of our better players, like I just said then. So I yeah. think that if, if we were to go up, then you can sort of look at the Norwich model of you go up, you come down, but you get that parachute payments and TV money every year. Whereas I think if we stay down in the championship, I think next year we're, we're, we're probably going to be looking at more or less bringing through the entire under-23s team and, and you know, players like Egan, Burge um, will be gone. Morgan Gibbs-White will be going back and, and we'll sort yeah. of have to build again. And and, yeah. and that's when I can see us struggling a little bit then. Yeah, well, um, hopefully you do come up. I mean, saying that because you're here. But um, <laughs> the next part of the show is the quiz where we get to test if you are a real fan or a tin pot fan. We'll ask you... Hence the name. Hence the name, yeah. We'll ask you a variation <laughs> of questions increasing in difficulty. The harder the questions get, the more points you will earn if you get it right. Are you ready for, are you ready for the quiz, Zach? I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready, Okay. Now, the first three questions are very easy. You, every United fan who's ever been to one game should get this, get these questions right. Yeah. So, first question. This is how easy it is. What is the nickname of the club? The Blades. The Blades. One point, one point. Okay, who is the top goal scorer of all time for Sheffield United? Ooh. Eh... Uh... I'd go Keith Edwards. Oh, oh, it's Billy Sharp. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. <laughs> and uh, this next one, we mentioned him earlier. Being sold for £23 million this summer, who is Sheffield United's record sale? Aaron Ramsdale. Aaron Ramsdale, of course, the absolute... Goat that is Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> you all, you no, all want to be when he was signed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we like send him back. We don't need him, but I love him. Love him. Uh, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> these are the three pointers. They're a little bit more difficult, and they are worth worth three points. 
So the first one, the famous Grease Chip Butty song is sung to the tune of what famous song? Annie's song by John Denver. Annie's song is correct. Three points. Next question. The club currently have four players on loan at the club. Can you name three of them? Uh, Morgan Gibbs-White. Yep. Ben Davis. Yep. Struggling there. Uh, on loan players. Connor Hurahan. Yeah, that's correct. We only needed three. If you want to go for the fourth one, I can give you an extra point. Uh, Charlie Good. Yeah, there we go. That's an extra point. Wow. Um, to the nearest... Really sharp one. Yeah, I know I was going to say. <laughs> you currently now with that extra point on full marks. Okay. This one's a little bit more difficult. To the nearest thousand, what is the capacity of Bramall Lane? Uh, 32,000. Yeah, that's correct. You're currently Ooh. on 12 out of 12, including that extra bonus point. Now, these ones are the, 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 the more harder ones. These are all worth five points. So, in the Euro 2022, uh, 2020 final between England and Italy, two Sheffield United Academy graduates started the match. Can you name the two players? Kyle Walker and Harry Maguire. Well, I thought that was going to be so much harder, you know. I did. I'm right. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Out of every permanent manager to manage over 20 games, which United manager has the best success rate? I'd go Chris Wilder, but I don't know if that last season might have done him in a bit. Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'll go Chris Wilder. Unfortunately, it's not. It's. I'm going to pretend to know who this is. It's a man called Danny Wilson. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he I know. He managed in our League One, League One campaign. Oh, right. Well, that's probably why it was so high. It's actually 51.89%. <laughs> that's your highest. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm taking a pot shot there. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, since 1980... Only two players have won player of the season for Sheffield United three times or more. Who are the two players? Oof. I'd go Harry struggling. Maguire. Harry Maguire is one of them, but I need both of them for the five points. And I will be prepared to give you a clue if if you really want. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it to the other two hosts. Do you think I should give him a clue? Yeah. <laughs> See how he is. See how he is. Okay. Yeah. And I've got been some work work so far. I'm going to take a stab at Stephen Quinn. No. 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 <laughs> 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 wow. Sorry. It was uh, Harry Maguire and Phil Jagielka. Phil Jagielka. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, because that is the hardest, hardest level. Just no points for that. All that hard work with Harry Maguire gone down. The and uh, th this is the hardest question. This is worth 10 points. So uh, a massive, massive question here. And it's meant to be the hardest question we could find. Um, I will say beforehand, before we ask you this, when we did the research for this question, we had no idea whether this is going to be like impossible to know or every United fan will know this. 
So I'm really hoping it's difficult, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, you build always a good now. After you yeah. build it, hard. <laughs> okay. Question is, Sheffield United hold the record for having the first South American player to play in the English Football League in the 70s. What is the name of that player? Alejandro Sabella. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. oh no. Oh no, is it really that well known? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I knew it. Oh shit. Oh no. Oh, I really sat there and we were both. Oh god. All right, well, congratulations. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll just work out what you got. You got. um, You got. One you got wrong. Yeah, so if I I did the maths right, I believe you got. Okay, give me a second. 36. <laughs> Is that 36? Or have I gone horrible with the maths there? Is that a good score? 36. It is a decent it, score. It is we don't know, score. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, guessing because you got the... Like it helps you a lot. <laughs> yeah, with the extra 10 points, I'm guessing that is a massive score. But I think it's fair to say with that absolute worldie of a question at the end, you are not a Tim Pot fan, Zach. Well done. No. Thank you. I really appreciate well done. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think that's everything for the podcast. So massive thank you to Zach for coming on. And, Cheers, uh, boys. Yeah, yeah we'll uh, we'll see you see you next time. It's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. See you later. See ya. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>